0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church of the Well is a community practicing the way of Jesus and thirsting for the life He gives.
1: Good morning. Hi. I was reflecting this week on how many churches I've visited in my lifetime. Now, I'm an occupational pastor. I've been doing occupational ministry for 27 years, which means I have to be at my church most Sundays. But I've also had the privilege of visiting over 70 churches in my lifetime. All throughout the United States, on the West Coast, the East Coast, all over the place. I've I've visited churches in Mexico and Canada, Dominican Republic, Colombia, And one of the things I was reflecting on as I was thinking about these church visits that, I, that I've made is that every church I've ever been to has had their own unique kingdom expression. Now, I don't mean to say that they're, they're all different. They're, they, they share some similarities, right? Churches that I've been to share some similarities. their shared values, shared rhythms. But each of them has had their own vibe or their own ethos. And, and, and each of these churches that I've had the privilege to visit uh, emphasize different aspects of who God is and what his kingdom's like, right? Some, some of the churches I visited really valued excellence and so their presentations were on point. We have Jordan, but our presentations are not, right? Like, like if it wasn't for Jordan, we wouldn't have presentations. But, but, but they really value excellence. I've been to some churches that, that emphasize biblical instruction and their sermons were killer sermons, like academic and deep. And you left there like with your eyes like wide open, like, wow. I've been to some churches where they were really pastoral. It was evident that the people in that church really cared for one another well. Um, I've been to some churches that had really expressive worship. I was part of a church and on staff at a church um, in upstate New York for a number of years, and we had expressive worship. Our singing time would go 50 minutes, and it was expressive. Like, it was was a deal, right? I've been to churches where um, they were really excellent at overseas mission work planting churches in, in other parts of the, other parts of the world and other parts of the country where there, there weren't many churches. I've been to churches that were just dynamic at strengthening families and had family programs and ministries. I've visited churches that did a really excellent job uh, on working toward justice and reform. I've been to churches that were excelling in, in prayer and in. And, and contemplative practices where everything was just saturated in prayer. I've visited churches that were really good at evangelism and community outreach. I I visited churches that had just phenomenal small group ministry, where there wasn't a shortage of small groups. There was just like tons of small groups all the time, and they were excellent. And and here's here's my takeaway from this time of reflection this week that I had, just reflecting on all these churches I visited. I believe that God in his kingdom is so vast and rich that it's absolutely impossible for one local church to express him in his entirety, and his kingdom in his entirety, right? Which which is why we need many, many local churches, right? Not not just one is is gonna cut it. Local churches have limitations, and, and we need multiple local churches because each local church offers a unique kingdom expression of who God is. And Church of the Well is just one of the many churches in our area trying to be faithful to who God has called us to be. And, and we recognize that we're not the church for everybody. There are other great churches in, in, in our area, in our town, in our region. Um, the last few years, our church leadership team has, has been working at developing an articulation for what our unique kingdom expression is should be. And and we've had this idea and this general concept, but how do you articulate that? And so we've been working on that for a few years in our vision team. Our vision team is just a group of people in our church who prayerfully lead our church. And our vision team consists of myself, Abby Carroll, who is just up here, Ian Bailey, um, Tasha Lehman, Mark Pederson, John Ayers, Jess Bickford, Tracy Centracchio, And a new addition this week, John Minan joined that team. And that, yeah, you can talk here, John. We're happy to have John. And that team meets once a month and we pray together and we try to discern what God's doing in our church and we envision where God wants us to be. And so that team has been working for a couple years now in articulating um, what kind of church God's calling us to be. Like, what is our unique kingdom expression? And here's what we landed on. We want our church to be deeply committed to three things. Number one, to be with Jesus. We want to be a church that's committed, deeply committed to being with Jesus. Number two, to become like Jesus. We want to take on his characteristics and who he is. We want to be formed and transformed into his image. And number three, we want to do what Jesus did. We want to be disciples and learn um, to walk the ways and practice the ways of jesus and his teachings and so our hope and prayer is that church at the well would be known as a church where where people are serious about being with jesus becoming like jesus and doing what jesus did now on some level those pursuits are aspirational right like we we haven't arrived and we would probably never will right? We're, to, to be with Jesus perfectly, to become like Jesus perfectly, to do everything Jesus did, we're probably not going to get there in a perfect sense. But we believe this, that, that on some level, as we approach and commit ourselves in the direction of these three things, it makes our mission clear, right? As a church, like what we're about, who we're called to be. And, and it kind of serves as a funnel or a filter or a grid that everything can flow through, Right? And so it helps us to constantly ask ourselves the question, does what we're doing, does what we're talking about, does what we're spending our time and energy and resources on help us to do these things? three things? Do they help us to be with Jesus? Do they help us and equip us to, to become more like Jesus? Do they help us and equip us to, to do what Jesus did? And so we're trying to articulate that more, especially now that we've discovered the best way to say it. We've been looking for the best way to say it for so long. And now that we, we've, we've landed on that and found that, we're going to be articulating that more often. And this morning, I'm going to start a new sermon series that we're going to be in for six weeks called Being With Jesus. And, and that will be an emphasis for our church this year from September to September. Um, we're going to emphasize this idea of being with Jesus and what does that look like and how do we do that. Um, and then the next year we'll emphasize becoming like Jesus and the year after that we'll emphasize, um, of course, now of course there's, there's overlap in all these things, right? Um, but I want to say this, that, that the sermon series we're starting today is, is more than just a sermon series. Because we want being with Jesus to be something that permeates and informs everything we do, right? It's, it's much more than a sermon series. We're not going to finish this six weeks and be like, wow, been with Jesus, done that, cool. Let's go to the next one. That, that's, that's not what, how we're going to approach this. Um, we, we, we really want being with Jesus to, to inform everything we do and, and shape us as disciples of Jesus and, and shape our church into the unique kingdom expression that we believe he's calling us to be. And so, um, with that said, why don't we jump into some scripture this morning? We're going to look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. It says this, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give you is light. And so here, Jesus makes this invitation, and the invitation to be with him begins here. That he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And so this is an invitation to everyone who's feeling tired, who's feeling stressed, who's feeling anxious, who's feeling worried, who's feeling heavy. Basically, this is a, this is a description of our human condition, right? So, so this is an invitation to all of us to come to him. And I want to submit to you this morning that, that we can read this invitation, we can read these words by Jesus in one of two ways or with one of two lenses on Uh, We can read this invitation, we can read these words by Jesus through the lens of transaction, right? Um, Come to me and get rest. Trade your yoke and burden for mine, which is lighter. We can almost approach these words in a a transactional mode where we say, here you go, Jesus, great trade. I'll see you the next time I need something, right? Right? a transactional approach to Jesus. Now, there's no question at all that a relationship with Jesus includes some exchanges. It, it includes some transactions, right? We know that, that Jesus takes our sin and he gives us forgiveness. He, he takes our filthy rags and he gives us his righteousness. We exchange our darkness for his light. Uh, we give him our despair and he Gives us hope. We offer him our pain. He provides us with healing. We come to him broken, and he brings healing and restoration, right? So there's no doubt or question that our relationship with Jesus requires and involves some exchange and some transaction. But that being said, Jesus doesn't want our relationship with him to be purely transactional either, right? He, He wants our relationship with him to be more than that. When I was a kid, uh, my brother Aaron and I were riding bikes one day in our neighborhood and we saw another neighborhood kid about our age and we found the courage to strike a, a conversation with him. And he told us, you guys need to come into my house. In my basement I have an Atari. And we, were, we didn't have an Atari. And he had an Atari, and we're like, yeah, we're coming into your house. So we, we go down in his basement, and not only does he have an Atari, but he has like a shelf full of Atari games. I mean all the Atari games, Pitfall, Donkey Kong, Space Invaders, Centipede, all of them. And me and my brother just like look at each other like, we just like found heaven. And, and we stayed there for hours that day, and we played games. And the next day, we got on our bikes, we went over, we went to Monty's house, and we did it again. And we did it again. And and this went on for days and weeks and months, we would go over there and just run down into his basement and spend the whole day playing video games. And then there came a time in the winter um, when we went over to play Atari with Monty and Monty said, I think we, we should just do something different. And I thought to myself, yeah, but you have an Atari. Like, what a waste just to let all these games just sit here. And he said, what we're going to do is we're going to build a bobsled run in our front yard. And he got pitchers and water, and we like, making ice ramps and, you know, a bobsled run. And and at the time, I'm thinking, like, we could be playing Atari. (laughs) But we actually constructed that. took us about a week, and we had a ball doing it. And then we found something else to do that we hung out together, and it was really fun. And then something else. And before long, there was weeks and even months that went by we never played Atari. And I realized, even as a young kid going through that, that that sometimes um, when we approach relationships in a purely transactional way, they always leave us wanting more, even when we don't know it, right? And our relationship with Jesus is the same way. We can relate to Jesus in a purely transactional way and get all the goodness he is and all the goodness he offers and not even know that we're really wanting something more. So we can read this invitation by Jesus here with a purely transactional lens and approach it that way, approach him that way, or we can read these words with a different lens. And the other way we can read this invitation by Jesus is, is through the lens of being with Jesus. What if the reason Jesus invites the stressed out, the worried, the heavy, the anxious, the burdened, what if the reason he invites them is not just to make a deal with them what if the reason he invites them which are you and I is because he wants to be with us just be with us see I, I think how we read this passage this invitation of Jesus which lens we use determines how we're going to approach Jesus is he just someone we go to for salvation and when we need things we go to Jesus or is our relationship with him something more than that? Is it transactional or is it transformational? Right? We, we can settle for a purely transactional relationship with Jesus. He, he lets us choose that. Or we can be with Jesus and experience transformation in, in the process. And I'll say this. I, I believe that it's entirely possible, having been in church my whole life, being a pastor in occupational ministry for 27 years, it's entirely possible to attend church your whole life and approach Jesus in a purely transactional way without ever having had a first-hand experience and relationship with God. Without ever having a first-hand life with God. Um, Rich Velodis, who's a pastor from Queens, New York, who I listen to and read often, he says it this way. We can spend our whole lives being deeply committed to being a Christian and never be deeply formed by Christ. What if the exchange that Jesus speaks of here in Matthew's Gospel, what if this exchange is more than just a transaction? What if it's an invitation to be with him? And, and, and through being with him, the byproduct of being with him, we also end up finding rest for our souls. We also end up finding a lighter burden. So with that in mind, let's go back and read this passage again. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. That's us, right? And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Let me ask you this question and and consider this with me for a moment. What do you suppose a response to this invitation looked like for the people in Jesus' day who were listening to him? Just imagine yourself in this position. You're, you're, You're seeing Jesus, he's teaching, there's a crowd, and he says, Come to me. All you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. What would a response to that look like? Does that mean Jesus wants us to go to a couple more of his teachings? Is, how do I respond to this? Do I go up to him after and have, ask for a little one on one, maybe a prayer time? What, what does Jesus mean, come to me, and how do I do that? Are we supposed to set up a coffee or a lunch? Do I go to the next town where he goes? What is it? How do I respond to that invitation? Now, to make it even more complex than that, how do we respond today in our day? Right? How do we spend time with a Jesus who isn't visible or even physically present? At least he was there when he said, come to me. And people were scratching their heads like, okay, how do we? It's even more complex for you and I, right? Because Jesus isn't visible. He's not physically present. Jesus told his disciples he'd be with them even to the ends of the earth. And then he ascended into heaven. What's up with that? The disciples are probably thinking, like, wait a second, you, you you rose from the dead. You're here with us for all these days, and now you're going to be with us forever until the ends of the earth, and then bye. Like, what are we doing with that? <laughs> Scripture refers to the church as the body of Christ, but what does that even mean? If we're the body, well, I mean, I don't even know what that means, right? We can look at that and be like, oh. The church is the body of Christ, but what does that look like? Jesus tells us through one of his teachings that when we minister to the marginalized, we minister to him. That when we feed the hungry, when we clothe the naked, when we invite in the stranger, when we look after the sick, when we visit those in prison, we're doing it to him. But how does that even work? Jesus told us that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of us. But how? Well, I I don't have time to to fully answer these questions today. But I'll say this. The presence of Jesus is something we can learn to become more attentive to. We can practice the presence of Jesus. And I'm, I'm going way into the weeds here, right? No time to unpack this at all, but I'm going to throw it out there. How do we practice the presence of Jesus? Well, we can read Scripture or we can be with Jesus while reading Scripture. Right? We we can attend church like we're doing today or we can be with Jesus together at church. Right? We We can pray or we can be with Jesus through prayer. We can go for a walk outside today and enjoy nature and creation, or we can enjoy nature and creation while being with Jesus. We we can serve other people, or we can serve others alongside of Jesus. We can take a moment to be silent and still, even in this room this morning, or we can enter into silence and stillness with Jesus. We, We can settle for a purely transactional relationship with Jesus, or we can learn how to be with Jesus and in the process be transformed. In October, at the end of October, Saturday the 29th, our church is is gonna put on its second Being With Jesus retreat. Uh, We've done one of these already. We're gonna do another one. And what this looks like is we're gonna spend, um, those who sign up and register for the retreat, um, it's a day retreat, we're going to spend an entire day practicing a few ways to be with Jesus. Uh, some of those practices we'll do together. Some of them we'll do on our own. So whether you're an introvert or extrovert, it's all good. You're, you're going to have a, a spot that, that is stretching for you and a spot that you really are comfortable in. And, and now this isn't a comprehensive retreat where will you, when you go to it, once you go, you have everything figured out. You know how to be with Jesus. You get a badge, I've been with Jesus. You wear it to church. Everybody knows you've been with Jesus. You're good. This isn't a comprehensive retreat. It's not something you go to and you're like, okay, I've done it. Wow, I've been with Jesus. Time to move on, becoming like Jesus. Boom. No, this is really just an extended opportunity to experience a couple ways to be with Jesus. Just a few ways. And hopefully, this day retreat will give you some ideas on how to be with Jesus throughout your ordinary, regular day-to-day life. That's what, our, that's what our hope in, in prayer is for, for this retreat. Um, we're gonna offer this day retreat three times a year at Church of the Well, every fall, winter, and spring. And, and our hope is for everyone who's part of our church to go to it at least once. Now here's the catch. We only have 15 spots at each retreat. So we'll have cage matches to determine who's going to the retreat to be with Jesus. No, uh, we, we basically really wanna keep this small. And so we're going to have these day retreats, not an overnight, just a day retreat. Fifteen people can go at a time. And it's probably going to take a while to get our whole church to experience one of these retreats. But that's our hope and prayer. And, it, and it's okay if it takes a while because we, we really uh, uh, believe that this is going to be an ongoing rhythm for, for our church because we want to be a people who are serious about being with Jesus. And so we want to set aside time. And some of you are probably thinking, like, how do I set aside a whole day to be with Jesus. like Sunday morning is one thing. I I pick Church of the Well because it's a short service. It's an hour, hour and 15 minutes. I can make that happen. But how do I do a whole day of being with Jesus? Um, There's a a story in Mark's Gospel where Jesus, in Mark chapter 6, he says to the disciples that you're so busy you don't even have time to eat. You ever been there? You get through the day and you're like, wow, I didn't even eat today. Like That's just the pace and the speed that we live at. Jesus says to his disciples, you're so busy you don't even have time to eat. And then he tells them, let's go to a quiet place together and rest a while. Let's be together. And Jesus, we're told in scripture, often retreated to lonely places, to solitary places. And so we want to provide that. We want to be a church who just regularly provides a place of retreat, um, regular opportunities to be with Jesus, and we'll provide you some more details about that in the coming weeks um, as we approach our October 29th here. Um, but our prayer is that it stirs something inside of you to whet your appetite with, be with Jesus more. To not settle for a relationship with him that is purely transactional, uh, but transformational. Right? One that gives us an opportunity to respond to being with Jesus. So we're going to end... Um, our time today by practicing the presence of Jesus together. I'm going to invite Abby up and she's going to lead us in this practice.
0: Thanks, Adam. So I just want to take a few moments for us to reflect on what Adam has taught us and, and to specifically reflect on how it intersects with our lives. And the first thing that I want to say is I don't know about you, but for me, Being in the presence of Jesus is not something that I necessarily feel. I don't necessarily feel different or special. Um, And I just want to put that out there because sometimes it's, it's in retrospect. It's when I look back and I say, oh, that, that, that might have been God. I think it was God. Uh, in my life. And so that's the way that I have learned to notice Jesus's presence in my own life. It's been it's been by looking back. And so I wonder if you would do something with me this morning. I wonder if you would be willing to take a few moments with me for us to prayerfully look back on our lives this past week as well as to take a few moments to look ahead to the coming week and to ask God to help us to be aware of his presence. And as we prepare to do that, maybe you just want to stretch or sit up straight in your chair because we're kind of transitioning from a sermon to really focusing on God. Maybe take a deep breath. And I invite you also, if you feel comfortable, to close your eyes. Would you pray with me? Lord, you have expressed to us in your word that you want for us to be with you and that you want to be with us. You're always there, and yet how little we've allowed ourselves to be aware of you. How easily we miss your showing up in our lives. How quick we are to let your presence be upstaged by distractions. Forgive us. We take time now to give you our attention. To listen, to rest in your love, to remember your faithfulness in our lives and to ask you to open the eyes of our hearts. Friends, as we remain in prayer, I want to invite you to think back on your week. Is there a moment that stands out to you, perhaps, when, whether or not you realized it at the time, God was with you? Perhaps ask God to show you that moment. Maybe it was something that went well for you an answer to prayer. Maybe it was a difficult moment in which you sensed his comfort and help. Maybe it was a situation where God gave you the ability to show a graciousness to someone beyond your natural strength. Maybe it was a warmth that you experienced in the fellowship of friends or a sense of awe in the beauty of creation? What is one moment, looking back on your week, that just possibly, even if you didn't realize it at the time, God was with you? Let's take a moment to notice it, to cherish it and celebrate it, and to give God thanks for it in our hearts. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence in our lives and your presence in these places and these moments which you have brought to mind this morning. We thank you as we look back on our week that we were not alone. We were never alone. You were with us. As we continue to remain prayerful, let me ask you one more question. What's on your horizon this week? More specifically, what is something coming up this week that you would like to invite Jesus into? Maybe it's something joyful. Maybe it's something hard. Or maybe it's simply one of those everyday things that Adam mentioned like reading scriptures, praying, spending time in nature, taking time for silence? What is one thing this week that you would like to intentionally invite Jesus to be with you in? In the quiet of your heart, would you invite him to accompany you in that thing this week? Lord, we lift up to you the specific endeavors in the week ahead that you've put on our hearts. And we pray that you might accompany us in these things. Be our guest. Share in our joy. And bear with us in our sorrows. Walk with us on our journey. Amen. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at www.wellchurchvt.com.